This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Alright, it's uh... It's 9.30 on Monday night, and again, Spooky's not here, but she hasn't been here for days. And then, earlier this evening, I, I opened my phone and there was a message. Daddy, sorry, I'm, I'm running. Okay, um, Daddy, it's all gone wrong. I, I bet on the wrong horse this time. Uh, um, all right, um, oh, oh. Please don't touch my stuff. This is Finding Spooky. This is a collect call from Janine Brussels, an inmate at Port Phillip Prison. Hello, is that Janine? Yes, it's me, Jack. I've been hearing from the, the guards that you've been trying to reach me, yeah, so I just called you back. I've been trying to call you for, for days. Where? You're in prison? Yes, I, I am in prison. It's been it's a bit of a saga, and now that has landed me right here. Well, I, I hate to jump to the, the chase. Um, I can't find Spooky anywhere. Did, uh, is she in prison there with you? She certainly is not. I was, I was hoping a little bit myself that you might have the answer of where she snuck off to on this one, but... Oh dear, it's all gone a bit, a bit haywire and now I'm here by myself. Well, how did you, how did, how did you end up, how did you end up in prison? Oh, it's a long story. Oh, how long do you have? Well, a while. Alright, I guess... Should I start from the start? Yeah, let's take it from the top. Well, I first met Spooky at the reading of her memoir, one of her book clubs. You know, I've been hitting up all the book clubs in the Ninch. I'm just trying to make friends, you know. Hard thing to do when you're in your 60s. It wasn't going very well, largely because I hadn't read the books and wasn't invited. But... In fact, Spooky's memoir is the only book I've ever finished. And me being the only person who showed up to her book club, she welcomed me in, opened paws, and we really hit it off. She took me under her wing, told me I was beautiful, and that I could do better. Didn't much like my late husband. And after he died in that horrific tracheotomy accident, I became really codependent on Spooky. I took her word as gospel. She's quite mean to Corey, really, but I understood. I mean, I love him, but he's a lot of work. Quite a divisive skin texture and all that. It was Spooky's suggestion he go live in the car. And so that's the way it was. And Spooky was always wanting to go bigger and better after that. No hanging around the house, alternating episodes of Home and Away and Neighbours like I was used to. No siree. Spooky wanted to go to the casino every damn night, sometimes all day too. 
what's spooky, I would spend lavishly the quite substantial settlement for my husband and wasted away. Reckon I got just as hooked on Spooky's love as I did on the fruit machines. I thought we were just two fun, attractive girls taking on the world, but this sweet dream started to become not a very beautiful nightmare. She kept talking about Prussian rules, shutting down the casino and how we need to find a solution. When I told her to call her jets, she said I was getting boring. And if I still want to hang out, I'd have to use my good room as an illegal casino. Now, I didn't want to, Jack. I didn't want to. You know, it's my favourite room in the house. When my grandfather died, we had the wake. I told him to leave him in the hallway because I didn't want anyone sitting on my furniture. That was a bit of a separate debacle, though. Tale for another time. But it goes to, just, just it goes to show that before Spooky's charms broke down my walls, there wasn't anything good enough for my good room. But Spooky convinced me to use that good room. Free said we could just push the furniture against the wall and it would all be okay. Really wasn't, though, was it? And then after my good room burnt down, I was so distraught. I thought, this has to end. I can't build another casino. Then Spooky called me up late at night and she said, I have a plan. She had that glint in her voice, like Spooky does. That little charmer, she said, if I can pull this off, it'll be the slickest thing I have ever done. Well, Spooky talking to you about the Prussian rule. I mean... The two of us were talking about it together, all the time, I mean. Is anybody talking about anything else? It's all over the news. Uh, yes, Jack. Everybody's talking about anything else because it's all fake. What do you... No, 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 no. I mean, like, what? Boris Johnson was hospitalised last week because of Prussian influence. Um, you know, Amy Klobuchar's husband has been suffering because of it. Look, Jack, it's I'm just going to... I'm just going to put you out of your misery right there. None of this is true. I need you to open up. Open up your Firefox. Uh, Get that open. All right. All right. Now go to your browser, just up the top bit, you know, and then go to where you type in, you type in the the websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just to the right of that. You see that little button? It says NP. Yeah, Netflix party. No. Jack, no. That does not stand for Netflix party. Just click on it. Okay. And have have a little look. Spooky's done something funny to your browser. She's done something funny to mine too, it turns out. What's going on? Every mention of COVID-19, she's changed that to Prussian rule. Every mention of Vienna, croissants. Every mention of Josephine Baker, she has changed that. Why would she do that? Too spooky, so I don't know. I don't know, Jack, but she did it to me as well. I didn't know this the time we were opening the casino, but it was only after that that instead of opening Firefox, I'd given myself several bugs from trying to stream stuff online, zero firewall, thought I'd deal with that problem later, opened up Safari instead, and I saw the news for what it was. No Prussians. No Prussians at all. Hello, this is Clarence Cox, Spooky's um, campaign advisor. So Spooky's politics have always been loose. She's called herself all kinds of things. A libertarian, a visionary, Australia's greatest treasurer. But was she really any of those things? I mean, she was certainly at Parliament, but was she supposed to be there? Probably not. 
but anyone who knew Spooky would tell you that she didn't really care for politics. It was all about the bridges. I first knew something was going wrong in Spooky's life when she told me she was setting up a casino beneath the piers along the Mornington Peninsula. And I said, Spooky, what possible good can come of this? Like, this is not going to look good for your campaign. And she said something about money and needing to clean it. Probably washing it in the sea, I suppose. But, of course, as we now know, it was much darker than that. So I was setting up the casino beneath Mordialic Pier, hammering away. Spooky said she was going to get a croissant, but I could see that she was clearly in the ocean, splashing about, which is weird for her, because she hates the sea. She seemed to be flailing her arms about, trying to communicate with something in the sky. And I saw in the distance there was a helicopter. I thought it might have been a news helicopter, one of her grand ideas to get publicity from, for the casino. But then she started running out of the ocean faster than you can believe. Looked like Spidey Gonzalez on the shoreline. She says, put those pegs down. We've got to run. Let's get in the car. The cops are coming. I guess it must have been a police helicopter she saw. I don't know. I still don't know. It was all a blur after that. Speaky grabbed me by my bell-bottom trousers and she dragged me into the car. And she said, drive. And I said, where? And she said, just drive up the beach. So I was chopping up some parsley when the news first hit of the high-speed chase up the Peninsula Link. And I thought, well, that's no stuffing in my goose. But increasingly... As it went on, and the driver refused to stop, I was hooked. I stopped chopping my herbs, and I just sat by the television, transfixed. Maybe it's because the news had been so monotonous, monotonous lately. What with uh, COVID-19, this chase felt like a bit of a palate cleanser. But then a new feeling started to overtake me. As the car was speeding up the eastern freeway, and they still couldn't catch a car, it's heading towards Melbourne, and I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense. And then I realise, they're heading for the Balti Bridge. And it tweaked. Who do I know that if they got in a high-speed chase, they would head for Melbourne's most iconic bridge? So then it was obvious to me. It was spooky. The Balti Bridge has been shut down tonight due to a high-speed police chase. The getaway vehicle, a very greasy red Toyota, seems to be occupied by a severe-looking woman, a chihuahua, and a slippery boy. So there we were, on the Balti Bridge. I couldn't believe we'd made it that far, to be honest. We were the only car on the bridge, and I'd never seen it that way, but there we were. And I thought, this is it. There's going to be police on the other side. We're locked on the bridge. I turned to Spooky and said, we've got to give it up. It's been nice. It's been different. It's been unusual. But it's time to give it a rest. She looked me straight in the eye and she said, put your foot in that pedal. She hopped up on my lap and took over the steering wheel. We started careening towards the exit. And just like I thought, there was a huge police escort waiting for us in semicircle formation, just like in the films. But then Spooky, she did a fucking ollie. We've just right off the bridge, straight over the concrete barricade, flipped and landed on the wheels, started driving along the docks and she turned to me and she said, do you know the way to Holbrook? 
The Minister for Police, Lisa Neville, came under fire this evening when she was unable to explain how it was they lost the Red Camry housing former Treasurer of Australia, Spooky Sue Jenkins. Police helicopters have been searching for the vehicle all night, but have been unable to locate it. More after this. Hello, um, uh, my name is uh, uh, Patrick O'Donoghue, and uh, I'm a resident in uh, uh, Seymour, and uh, I guess you want, you want me to tell you about that beautiful dog, do you? She came into the town in the brightest red Camry I've ever seen in my life, like a shining ruby in a sea of dirt. At first, I was skeptical. I said, said to my wife, I said, Regetta, get the gun. Got the gun, because she'd stopped in the middle of my field. Plowed through three fences, mind. Killed one of my kangaroos. So I, I pointed the gun at her, I was like, get out of this car right now, you gotta explain to me why you had to kill Mr. Hopper. And she gets out. She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Much more beautiful than my kangaroos. And I said to her, oh, I was struck by her beauty. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, miss. Um, there must be some sort of mistake. Um, uh, why, why did you turn? Why, you know, why did you go through so many fences? And she just sort of gazed at me with this sort of calm, um, but also determined uh, look in her eyes. And she said to me, um, do you want to try the look of the Irish? Um, so I brought her in and introduced her to my wife and, you know, she was winking at my wife a lot and, you know, if she wasn't a small chihuahua, it would have been a little bit worried, you know, because is easily swayed, that's why I keep her indoors. Um, but then she gets out this cup and ball, Well, she's got these three little paper cups and this little ball, she puts the ball under one of the cups. She starts jiggling them around. And I, and I say to her, something tweaks in me and I'm like, oh, I, I think I remember. Didn't people used to do this before everything happened before the casinos got shut down? Um, it, was, it was like a distant memory, but it all came flooding back. And she was like, she said that she was going on a mission throughout Victoria to reintroduce people to games of chance. And we must have played cup and ball 50 times that evening. And as my life savings were slowly handed over to her, I became more and more grateful for that dog for introducing me to mystery. After Spooky had milked this Irish man for all he was worth, I knew she was up to something. She's counting the money, storing it away in a little wallet she kept strapped to her body. I kept asking her, what do you want to do with all this money? Why can't we stay in a hotel? Like nothing schmink or anything, but sleeping in the car every night wasn't doing my bad back any favours. But she would never answer my questions. She'd say, that's my business, your business, Janine, is to drive through the night. And I told her, I can't drive through the night. But she'd duct tape my foot to the pedal. And that was it. I was sleep driving. By the time we got to Gundagai, Spooky was getting increasingly cocky. She would live tweet her locations, have people come up to greet her as we entered the town, people presenting her with the cup and balls ready to go. Just handing over all their life savings, but I could see it in their eyes. 
Spooky was igniting something in them. She was bringing them back to life, just like she brought me back to life. They were united in their destitution, and Spooky was more than happy to take everything from them. I think in their poverty, the people seemed to realise they needed each other to survive. And that gave them a real sense of community. Spooky gave that to them. Tonight on 40 to 50 Minutes, the tiny grifter, Spooky Sue Jenkins has been travelling through rural Victoria, swindling people out of their life savings. But, as you'll see in our report, nobody seems to mind. What you have to realise is that my phone is ringing off the hook. Spooky had never been so popular. Not even after she had spilt that tikka masala over Michaela Cash that she had so much media attention. So, as her former campaign advisor, although she never technically paid me, um, I couldn't help but feel a sense of pride in what she was doing. I did try to call her a few times to express my adoration, but it was pretty difficult to get her on the line. Um, but I knew that she had a sneaky plan for that money. Her budgets were always crafty. So, my name is Jane Tower and I'm the director of the Submarine Museum in Holbrook, New South Wales. I first met Spooky years ago, actually, when I was in Canberra to give a talk on Holbrook's cultural heritage. As you might know, Holbrook's cultural precinct is actually home to two museums, the Submarine Museum and the much-celebrated Australian Pottery Museum. Anyway, what was I talking about? I was there on the junket and Spooky took a real shine to me. She licked me on the knee and asked if a bad bitch like me might like to hit the slots. It was a wild night, and I don't remember that much, but at some point, I promised her that she could have a ride on the submarine any time she liked. Of course this was a joke, we only have the hull, it's entirely unseaworthy. But I really came to regret that comment when Spooky rocked up at my house in the middle of the night with a cup and a ball. She didn't knock, she just cra crawled right through my kitchen window. My son Joseph was in the kitchen at the time, and you know he was absolutely terrified. He thought she was a big rat. There was a big commotion anyways, and I came out downstairs to investigate. Well, sure enough, there's Spooky on my counter, wolfing down bigger cheese. The individually wrapped stuff, slice by slice. And she says, Jane, you beautiful bitch, I need your submarine. Well, I said, Spooky, you can't have our submarine. It's the bowels of our town. Besides, it's in the middle of Germantown Park, or hundreds of miles from the ocean. Even if I could give it to you, there's no way to transport it. She said, well, what if I showed you this trick? And she pulled out three cups and a ping-pong ball. She started to spin them around on the kitchen counter. And I said, Spooky, this is not going to work on me. So then she got real mad. She started pulling out wads of cash and throwing them everywhere. Honestly, I've never seen so much money in my life. And I shouted, Spooky, that submarine, it's no good to you, it's full of concrete. So we'd been on the run for three straight days, driving through the night. And after the debacle at Holbrook, Spooky had just become increasingly agitated and violent. She kept giving me little scratches on my leg. And at first I thought they were little love scratches, but then I saw the pattern. And it was like she was making those marks, you know, on prison walls where they do a line and then another line and then another line and then a final line and then the line through it to make five, you know. And I did ask her what they were for and she just said they were to mark time, which doesn't really make sense though. And these new smartphones, they got clocks on them, don't they? 
and she was on her phone all the time, texting madly, looking up maps, and I don't know, I couldn't really keep my eyes off the road long enough to have a look at her maps, but I could have sworn that was not a map of Australia. So after Spooky be on the run for a week, it became increasingly apparent that the police were really struggling to track her, and the police had contacted me to uh, try to sketch out a sort of MO for her behaviour. Um, they told me that she didn't seem to be travelling in any recognisable way. As far as the police could tell, um, she didn't seem to be using any major roads. They had blockades on all the roads, but Spooky's red Camry had never turned up. Um, I told them that I couldn't help them, that she was a loose cannon and it was pretty impossible to get into the mind of Spooky Sue. But then they told me that they had already got a way to track her. They had been tracking her through the collapses in local economies through Seymour, up through Gundagai, and now the crashes were indicating that she was heading east, towards the ocean. I could tell that we were heading towards the sea because the air was getting saltier, and I've always liked fish and chips, so I'm very attuned to the smell of salt. There was also a lot of fish and chip shops popping up along the way, and that's a fair sign you're going towards the sea. At this point, Spooky wasn't talking to me, so I started talking to myself, and I was just speaking to myself, saying... What have you got yourself into, Janine? Janine, this is not good. This is not good, Janine. Spooky wouldn't even look at me. There was a point where I thought she might be dead. So I touched her and she just lost it. She started barking at me, yelling at me, pulling my hair. And then when I thought she's just going to go for my neck now, she suddenly calmed down and apologised. She told me that I'd always been a good friend to her. And she told me, she gave me some advice actually, she turned to me and the, the advice she gave me was actually quite profound. So I wrote it down and I managed to, managed to smuggle this note in, into my knickers so that they didn't find it when I came in the prison. So I've got it right here and I'll just read it to you. It says, life is a little tough sometimes, but the most important thing in life you must remember and never forget is to take a chance, be the butterfly, fly fly away into the sea, you're free, you'll always be my gravity. Now Jack, after I jotted down that lovely sentiment, and I put it away, my trapper keeper, I started to become aware in my peripheries of some red and blue flashing lights. Now I have very good peripheries because I have those sort of eyes, bulge a little on the side of my head like a bird or a fancy lizard, so I can see very well and I could see them closing in. And they were just gonna sandwich us, all of these cop cars. But then the most miraculous thing happened. Coming up behind us, I could see Toyotas, Honda Civics, Jeep Wranglers, and they enclosed us like a beautiful bubble. And then I started to recognize some of the faces in these cars and some of their bumper stickers. It was all people that Spooky Sue had helped along the way. And here they were now to help us. I just thought, this is the best moment of my life. But then one car didn't really look like the others. It was kind of a black car. It's one of the ones that doctors drive. Never knew the name of them because they're a very unrelatable car. But they've got a, a Puma on the front of it, maybe, maybe a Jaguar. And a, it's black doctor's car came up right next to us. It's Bronwyn Bishop. She unwinds her window, gives a little wink and a smile, all of her pearly whites on show. 
Now, I obviously know Spooky quite well, but I never knew they were such good friends. Bronwyn starts yelling at Spooky that she should get in the car and that they were going to go to a helicopter. Before I knew it, Spooky starts crawling out from my car and into Bronwyn Bishops and she says, you know, you could come with us. There's a brick in the back seat. You could put it on the accelerator and just, you know, send Corey into the sea. But I couldn't do it. I said, Spooky, you take your chance with Bron. I've got my chance with Corey. Sometimes you just gotta flip the coin. Sometimes it lands the way you want, kids. And sometimes it doesn't, Tails. But you gotta keep on flipping. And before I finished my little piece there about the flipping, she was out of the car. And that was, that was the last I saw of Spooky, so. The Minister for Police has now confirmed that the former Treasurer of Australia, Spooky Sue Jenkins, has fled the nation with Bronwyn Bishop in a stolen military helicopter. Presently, there are no leads on their destination. We will update you on this story as more information is made available. Oh, after Spooky's visit, my life really turned around. Um, Without any of my possessions or any of my money um, that I used to just spend on the most frivolous crap, I've, I've started whittling again. I've whittled a whole chess set. And me and my wife, playing chess every night, we're connecting. We made a banjo out of an old tree, and we've been singing. Spooky's unexpected reappearance in my life really turned me around. I started to realise my passion for the sea was totally wasted on that inland submarine corpse. I sold the entire collection of the Australian Pottery Museum and Gumtree, pocketed the takings and bought a yacht. I live on the sea now. What have I learnt from Spooky? I've definitely learnt that the power of chance can really change a life. I found a coin that Spooky gave me um, as kind of, I guess, payment for working on a campaign. I, at the time, I thought, one measly coin, and I just put it in my desk drawer. But I got it out and had a look at it after this whole debacle. And she's, she's etched her face over the face of the queen. On both sides. It's a double-headed coin. That was what she was like. So optimistic. Some people might say that I should be embarrassed about Spooky Sue, that I shouldn't put her on my LinkedIn because, you know, she's wrought so much havoc in um, rural Victoria. I mean, yeah, schools have been closed in the whole of north of Victoria. There's no budget left for Anzac Day celebrations. But um, I think Spooky brought us something greater than a thriving local economy. She brought us into contact with something magical, mystical. She's one of a kind.
So, it's 10.30 on Monday night, and Spooky's not home. And everyone says that they like what she did and how she's inspired them, but most of all, most of all, I just miss her. Yes, she gaslit me, but I, I still miss that, I miss that dog. So, just before she left, she wrote a poem, and I thought, I thought, maybe I'll, um, I'll finish with that. Now, I'm quietly waiting for the catastrophe of Prussian rule to seem beautiful again and full of casinos and funny. This nation is devoid and shy of luck and chance. Brown sunsets of laughter. No more juicing the fruit. No more caterpillars. It might be the coldest day of the year. What will Janine think of that? I mean, what do I? And if I play the slots, well, perhaps I am myself again. It's a beautiful poem, Spooky. Oh, what's this? Hello? Hello, Daddy. A spooky. Oh, oh, I'm so glad I got a hold of you. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear oh. you. I've been missing you. Oh, my God. I managed to get a, a phone from the Nook Stop, um, smuggled in. Oh, God, it's so tricky. Um, Where are you? Oh, you've got to help me. Wh I'm, I'm in a living hell. Where are you? Oh, I thought I was in... I thought I was... I thought I was going to Morocco. But um, I just ended up on this deserted island. Spooky, where are you? Oh, oh, no. Uh, Oh, God. Uh, see you in heaven. <laughs>